it was very difficult for me to work up that place where I could say marijuana is good and, you know, period, full stop. Because I think there's so much baggage that we have with that. But I think the danger is if we don't say that marijuana is good, we actually risk sinning against God. Because if we can't say that his creation is good, then we're actually denying something about his work. Hey, welcome to the 43rd episode of the In Doubt Podcast. I'm Isaac, your host. Today marks a new series we're doing, a two-week series, on the question issue of marijuana. Uh, Joining me for the next two episodes are two authors, actually, who just wrote a book on pot called Can I Smoke Pot? Marijuana in Light of Scripture. Uh, Before we get there, however, I just wanted to say thank you to all those who listen weekly. It actually does mean a lot. And I hope the material we provide is actually helpful and encouraging you in your faith. Every month, um, the podcast is actually growing. We're able to see the downloads, and it's kind of overwhelming to see everyone, you know, be a part of this community. And I actually just wanted to emphasize that the Indo podcast is in the family with Back to the Bible Canada. It's a historic parachurch organization which really pioneered preaching on the radio about 75 years ago in the States. And it's a huge privilege and honor to work alongside uh, people like Dr. John Newfeld, who is the Bible teacher here, uh, in helping Christians in Canada engage their faith in God's Word as well. In Doubt Podcast, we're just a part of that same family. And I'm really looking forward to the next, you know, weeks and months ahead. Coming up later this year, we talked to Sean McDowell, who's a great apologist from the States, as well as pastor and musician Josh White. He's a Portland pastor. He's actually Josh Garrels, if you know that uh, musician. It's uh, his pastor. Uh, In the new year, we're going to begin talking with uh, Tim Mackey from The Bible Project and then so on and so forth. Really excited to chat with these excellent leaders in the church on tough and just relevant topics. Anyways, let's get into today's topic, marijuana. Well, I'm joined today by two guests uh, who, uh, you know, among other things, I'm sure, um, but they are authors. Uh, One is sitting across from me in the studio here. His name is Mark Ward, while the other is on the other side of the the continent. That's Tom Breeden. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show, guys. It's really great to be here. Thanks, Isaac. Yeah, thank you for having us, Isaac. Uh, Mark and Tom have written a book on a subject that, at least in Canada, and I'm sure obviously in the States, that you've talked about in the book as well. It's becoming an increasingly popular subject uh, in the sense that many people are beginning to ask uh, questions about marijuana. Uh, This is the subject, marijuana, Uh, even in the church as well. Uh, They've uh, written a book entitled, Can I Smoke Pot? Uh, Marijuana in Light of Scripture. And I actually remember uh, when I first, because I had talked to Tim Challies and I asked if I could have your guys' information because I wanted to talk to the authors of this book. I'll let them explain it a little bit more thoroughly what the book is about, and we're going to spend the next uh, two episodes really just sort of getting in a little bit to the meat of what they are saying. But obviously, I encourage you guys, uh, all our listeners, to to pick up this book, and I'll put all the links uh, to get it as well. I've read it, and it's fantastic. I've really enjoyed it a lot. But before we get there, why don't you both, uh, Mark and Tom, we'll start with you, Mark. Tell me a little bit about who you are, uh, sort of what you do. Yeah, I work for Faith Life, which is the company that's over Logos Bible Software, and I am a Logos Pro, and I did pronounce Logos and Logos differently <laughs> because they are interchangeable. They're, it, both are correct. Okay. Um, I help the church by teaching people how to use Logos Bible software and by demonstrating its use with exegesis. Um, I write a lot, a lot, a lot for the Logos Bible software type blogs and email lists and okay. 
articles for their magazine, and I really, really enjoy that. I have a PhD in New Testament from Bob Jones Seminary in Greenville, South Carolina. I have a lovely wife and three kids, six, four, and two, who live in Washington State, so it's really great to travel up here to beautiful British Columbia. Haven't been up to Abbotsford yet, but actually my team lead at Faith Life lives here and commutes, so it's not that far away. This is your first time here in Abbotsford? Yes. That's awesome. Have you been up to Vancouver? No, we've... We've wanted to. It's in the yeah. plans. Oh, good. That's awesome. Uh, thank you. And what about you, Tom? Yeah, so I'm a recent graduate of Reformed Theological Seminary in Washington, D.C., where I uh, just completed my MDiv. And so now I'm serving as a pastoral intern at Grace Community Church, which is a church in Charlottesville, Virginia, about two hours south of D.C. Um, and we're part of the Presbyterian Church in America. Mm. So on a personal note, just when I'm not doing all of that stuff, I like to read, play board games. Uh, I like to spend time outside. So I'm envious as hearing you talk about how beautiful it is. Um, <laughs> I'm in kayak and do things like that. Yes. No, that's awesome. What What is your uh, What is your favorite board game? You know, right now I have gotten some friends and family addicted to Settlers of Catan. Oh, I th- I've played like five games this week. I was hoping you were going to say that, to be honest, Tom. So <laughs> that's great. So... So, Pot, let's just jump in here. What made both of you, and you were sort of explaining a little bit at the beginning how this came to be, but what made both of you want to to write a book about marijuana? And I know that it, it does start with Tom and his, obviously, his his work at uh, through school. Yeah, so part of, part of my seminary requirement was to do an internship in a local church. And so I was, I was doing an internship serving with a youth group, uh, working with middle school, high school, and college students. And so I was building relationships with them, and they would ask me lots of questions. And some of them are, are what you'd expect, things like, why is it sinful to have sex before marriage? Sure. I think yeah. my favorite conversation was whether or not it's sinful to troll somebody on the internet. <laughs> that, was, that was the best. But a question that kept coming up that I, I wasn't really expecting, I wasn't completely prepared for, what, were questions about marijuana. Um, and not necessarily just from students that were using it, though I think there were, there might have been some of that. But I think also just a curiosity as these students were in an environment where most of their peers felt differently than they did about marijuana use. Mm. And they really didn't know where their beliefs were coming from and how they were going to explain them and defend them. And so they, you know, they came to the pastoral intern. And so I, um, as, as all this is going on, I was taking an ethics class and was working on a paper. And so I decided this would be the paper. And as I was doing the research for it, it was, it was just really discouraging to me because I couldn't, find, I couldn't find a lot of resources. I was really looking for a book that was going to delve into this, and I couldn't find it. And so I ended up moving on to a different paper topic because due dates come whether I'm ready for them or not. But um, – but the idea sort of stuck. And so uh, one summer I sat down and just started tinkering with it. And the story kind of goes on from there. So you ended up finishing a sort of a, a large work sort of in depth on the pretty much the question of is marijuana OK? I'm guessing that's the sort of the question you tackled. Right. So I wanted to I wanted to tackle the question of sinfulness okay. and it was because legality is sort of a different question, right? Like drunkenness is sinful, but whether or not drunkenness should be illegal is sort of a a different, more complicated discussion and just kind of felt out of my depth. 
but I, I felt like I had a, a, a good enough understanding of the scriptures. I felt comfortable in how to, to navigate them that I thought I could answer this question of, of sinfulness. Yes. Okay. No, that's awesome. And it, and I'm so happy. Like I, I was talking to Mark beforehand and, and, uh, I, I first came across his book when I was just looking, uh, I was on Chally's and he had a blog post. I think one of, one of you two had written, uh, about this, uh, this new work you had. And I, I looked it up and I'm, I'm so happy that you, you, you know, you, you have it published by Cruciform Press, which, you know, sort of does these small title, like small works, uh, that are, uh, obviously, and I was talking, again, I was talking to Mark saying that at the end of the book, you say that, you know, if we like wrote a huge book that was really, really in depth and like, no one would read it, but you know, a small book like this people would. So it's, it's, I think it's a great way, uh, for people to, um, to read about it and sort of get some of the main points as well. Why don't you guys sort of, uh, talk a little bit about the sort of the format of the book. You, you start with marijuana and creation, you go to government, medicine, and comparing with alcohol without getting too deep into these issues. Like why that route? There is a creation, fall, redemption structure to the book. Um, and especially that's clear with the first chapter on marijuana and creation. Um, the, the fact is that if you don't start with the goodness of God's creation, you're going to end up pinning the blame for bad stuff that's happening on on something good that God did. Mm. So out of my work coming into this book um, as, as a co-author, as someone who uh, is trying to make Tom's excellent research engaging, add illustrations. Right. Um, consult with him on some of the structure of the argument. Um, I came in from writing a book called Biblical Worldview, Creation, Fall, Redemption, a, a 12th grade textbook for BJU Press in, in Greenville, South Carolina, where I was uh, living a long time. Okay. And that really drummed into me the value of starting with creation, then proceeding to seeing how the fall has touched something, right. and then seeing how Christ's rule can push that something back in a good direction. So it was very natural, and uh, Tom's first chapter was already on creation, Mm. Um, so I could see that our visions fit very well together, our theologies fit. And I, I wanted to make it really clear that Christians are not only able to say, yes, there are good uses for marijuana, but that fundamentally marijuana is a good thing. Right. And I, I thought that could be disarming and mm-hmm. maybe a little provocative, which un- which I wouldn't say unfortunately, which is just the way you sell books, sure. the way you get people to actually read stuff, but but also enables us to say something that is really God honoringly true. Yeah, that this is this is a good part of God's creation. It's and it's part of our job to discover um, how it is good. And then the other ch- chapters on government and medicine. Um, work to apply the goodness of marijuana to the particular situation we find ourselves in, which is a fallen world, a fallen world in which government is needed to restrain evil and promote justice. I believe that government would have been needed anyway, um, even in an unfallen world. And then because of the fall, people need palliative care. They need... um, uh, they need medicine, and yeah. many people have put forward the idea that marijuana should be used as a medicine. We wanted to evaluate that from a scriptural perspective. Sure. And then from a scriptural perspective, the last chapter, chapter four on alcohol, we wanted to explore, is that really a genuine parallel? Can mm. we can we say that the the two substances are alike, and in what ways are they alike? Yeah. 
Um, so b- before we sort of wrap up this first session, obviously our podcasts are short. We sort of skim the surfaces of these things. And that's why for a topic like this, we, w- we wanted to do a two-part series because we, we want to at least get a little bit into it. Um, before we wrap up this session, though, what would you say in regards to the first sort of section on creation? If we go a little bit deeper, um, you did say it was a little provocative to say marijuana is good because it's a creative thing. And I'll be honest with you, when I first read that, based on the fact that I've always, you know, I grew up in the church, I've always just just marijuana is bad, marijuana is bad. So when you go in there and write marijuana is good, it sort of messed with my mind a little bit. It's like, oh yeah, I guess it is because Genesis 131, right? He made everything and it was all good. But why don't you guys just delve into this a little bit more and uh, explain why marijuana is a creative thing and good. So really, Mark and I have this conviction that marijuana must be good Mm. because everything that God made is good. He doesn't make anything wicked. And so... I, I was in the same boat as we were working on this. It was very difficult for me to work up that place where I could say marijuana is good and, you know, period, full stop, because there, I think there's so much baggage that we have with that. Um, but I think the danger is if we don't say that marijuana is good, we actually risk sinning against God, because if we if we can't say that his creation is good, then we're actually denying something about his work. Right. Um and I think it was it was in those conversations that it really clicked. Hey, we need to we need to stand by that conviction. And the the nuance that we can say marijuana is good, but that doesn't mean that every use of it is good. You know, fire is something good. What would we where would we be without fire? But we also know that fire is not useful for everything. Right. That there are things with fire that are bad, and we can acknowledge that and still say that fire is good. The way we put that in the book is that. You know, God created uranium, but that doesn't mean you, you should stick it in your mouth and light it on fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, that's good. So then we move, though, into obviously that idea of government then. And it's kind of interesting kind of twist because you just you started getting into it. Like, okay, so marijuana is a is a good thing. It's created by God, but we don't necessarily have to put it in our mouth. But let's start digging into, you know, the medicinal uses and recreational uses. But then boom, you talk about government and you bring up some of the scriptures like Romans 13 that, you know, sometimes a lot of Christians don't really, uh, you know, enjoy because, I mean, I think every single day, I mean, even if you're speeding, you're already, (laughs) you're going against uh, uh, God's plan. So why don't you just kind of explain why you dig into this idea of government and how should we view government and then specifically in regards to marijuana? One of the reasons we wanted to lead with government is just because marijuana is something that's regulated, it's something there are laws about. And so whenever we're thinking about how are we supposed to relate to marijuana, we're not doing that in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to deal with these laws and these authorities somehow. And I think, you know, what one of the things I think from being in, from the United States, our our history is so built on sort of rebellion and defiance that government is this thing that is sort of oppositional. And so we wanted to to probe that a little bit and just say, hey, how how does a Christian respond to this? And so one of the things that we concluded is that even though governments are flawed, you know, no government is perfect. It's made up of sinful people. And so there are going to be some places where governments fail. And sometimes they fail in large ways, sometimes they fail in in small ways, but they all fail. But ultimately, government is one of the ways that God restrains evil and promotes human flourishing. 
And so that even means these laws about marijuana. And so we wanted to think about how, you know, how does a Christian look at those laws and see that this is something God is doing for my good, and I need to, I need to grapple with that. And these things that Tom is saying about government, I mean, in, in case you don't realize uh, or listeners aren't picking up the illusions, he, he's sprinkling Romans 13 phrases and claims all throughout everything he just said. Right. So Romans 13 is, you know, absolutely unmistakable. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. And if you're inclined to cavil, Paul follows that with there's no authority except from God. Right. If you resist the authorities, you resist what God has appointed. Right. So in one sense, it's like I remember I had a friend uh, in college, and uh, she you know, lived at home still during college. And I said, what are you going to do this summer? And she said, well, my parents have told me that I need to do X, Y, or Z. I can't remember. And uh, she said, so I know what God's will is. Hmm. She wasn't saying her parents were perfect. She was saying that while I am under their authority, I'm still living under their roof and eating their food, Mm -hmm. um, I need to do exactly what they say because the Bible tells me to obey them. And the same is true with government. We don't have to wonder if our government says you can't do this unless the Bible says specifically you must do this. Yeah then we can't do it. We need to obey that authority. That's so good. And, you know, even just you saying that, and I remember reading the book and sort of being convicted as well, because the culture really has, at least in Canada, I can't speak for the States, but I assume it's similar, the idea of this, you know, we were brought up in this autonomous culture, very individual, and the idea of honoring your parents and listening to the authorities, your teachers, your bosses. I mean, we all these, you know, rights, the individual rights that we all have, it's sort of pushed down or watered down this idea of authority. And I think that's one of the biggest things that at least young adult Christians even in Canada struggle with. So the idea of, you know, like you just said, that illustration was powerful. Like I know what the will of God is for my life because these, my, who I'm under right now has told me what I should do. Yeah. We have a very individualistic culture and certainly in America and I gather in Canada as well. And you're exactly right to to point to the idea of rights as something we've all Uh, taken in with our mother's milk, ironically enough. But the Bible layers on us several structures of authority, several levels of authority. We have direct scriptural authority, you know, straight from God telling us to do this or don't do that. Mm -hmm. But we also have these other authorities which, which may lead individual Christians in different directions. So it may be that one country's government forbids a particular medicine or particular cultural practice and another country allows them. Um, But we don't just have those authorities. We've got church level authorities. The the Bible in first Peter says that we're actually supposed to be subject to our elders. Mm. And that's really bracing for any red blooded American. And I imagine any uh, (laughs) maple syrup blooded Canadian as well. (laughs) <laughs> that we're not we're not used to just submitting ourselves, yeah. but the Bible in in no uncertain terms tells us to submit, and those those probably don't exhaust the numbers of authorities that stand over all of us. Yeah. There isn't a person on this earth, including Justin Trudeau or Barack Obama, who has no authority over him, even human authorities. And then the Bible even makes conscience um, uh, 
it brings conscience to bear in our decisions, saying that whatever is not of faith is sin. And then it also gives general biblical principles. So have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. That doesn't name the unfruitful works. Elsewhere in the Bible, you can kind of discover what they are, but it's up to you to say, okay, look around here. Where do I see unfruitful works of darkness? Okay, Mm -hmm. I better not have fellowship with them. We wanted to bring to bear in this book, even though it's brief, um, the different moral calculi that have to go into a decision. And we wanted to focus especially on government because that is a major part of the issue when it comes to marijuana right now. Yeah, I think the only thing that I would want to I would want to say is we we get into questions. You know, we we've we've pitched the authority really high, right? And some people might be listening and wondering, but what do you do? Like, what about when the government really blows it? Like when the government really promotes something sinful? Um, and so I think as long as we're understanding that we're submitting to the government because we're submitting to God, right? I think that gives us a true north. Yes, something that we always orient ourselves to, and so. You know, when do we have basis to disobey? Really only if it would force us to disobey God. Because right. really we're obeying the Lord. That's our that's our direction. As other, you know, individualist thinkers are, are listening and we're all sort of breathing this air together. <laughs> it's good to think about. Yes. And I've thought about this before. Maybe you guys could correct me here on, on my understanding. But I, I was thinking about Romans 13 a few months ago. And I'm thinking, okay, well, we're... You know, obviously we have the image in Acts or the illustration Acts with uh, uh, Peter and John who, you know, say we must obey God here because you're directly telling me to not preach Jesus and we have to. Uh, So we see that direct, uh, you know, we're not doing that. We're not going to follow your ways. Um, But obviously we have Jesus uh, saying, you know, render to Caesar things that are Caesar's. So pay your taxes. But those taxes could go to things that are completely ungodly and sinful. So if there ever comes a point where, let's say in Canada, our tax dollars goes to, let's say down the future, marijuana plants and all that kind of stuff, like big organizations to produce those things. What would you say to people that, you know, to kind of help in that regard? Jesus is so utterly clear in that case, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's, um, that only probably crankish type Christians have ever uh, long been persuaded or allow themselves to be persuaded that they don't have to pay taxes. And by doing so, he also cuts a disjunction that saves us morally in that case. We, um, Mm. we, We are not complicit in the things that the government does with our money. And if it ever did get to the place where we felt like they're, you know, for example, in the United States, we have right now the Hyde Amendment we've had now for quite a number of years. That means that tax dollars, as I understand it, don't go to provide for abortion. Um, If that were to end, Christians would definitely complain, and they ought to, but given what Jesus, the, the, the clear disjunction Jesus gave between what is Caesar's and what is God's, um, they, I don't think they would be complicit in it. Yeah, I completely agree with Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, I, as I think about Jesus's command, he says, you know, render unto Caesar, Christian taxes would have paid for the martyrdom of other Christians. Yeah. I mean, that, like, that's, that's where some of that tax money is going. And yet there, there's not a... There's not a qualifying statement that says unless X, Y, or Z. Right. And so I think, yeah, I think Mark's Mark's point's really helpful that we have our responsibility under authority to pay our taxes, but that doesn't mean that we're morally responsible for everything that a government chooses to do with that. 
No, that's 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 really good. That's very helpful. Thank you, Mark and Tom, for that. Well, that kind of wraps up the first sort of uh, part in the series. Next week, we'll get a little bit more into the idea of marijuana as medicine and also recreational. Uh, we'll also compare it uh, to alcohol. I know that's something that you know uh, people think about, like what's the difference between having a little bit of pot and having a glass of beer, you know, so that kind of comparison. We'll get into that a little bit more, but thank you both so much for uh, for being here this week, and I look forward to next week. If you enjoyed what you heard today from Mark and Tom, then be sure to listen to next week's episode, which is part two. Uh, next week, they'll be digging deeper into medicinal marijuana and also compare marijuana to alcohol, which obviously some Christians have done. So I'm looking forward to that. And one last thing before we wrap it up, uh, we've just finished editing all the content from our Indoubt Live sexual identity event two weeks ago. And it's going to be freely accessible on the Indoubt.ca webpage this month. So I just wanted to let you know that. Anyways, that wraps up this week's Indoubt podcast. If you want to connect with us throughout the week, uh, we're alive and well on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. If you have specific questions regarding maybe today's episode on marijuana or maybe something that maybe Tom or Mark said in today's conversation, ask us. You can email us at info at indo.ca or again, send us a message on social media. Well, I'm Isaac and next week we talk again with Mark and Tom for part two of Can I Smoke Pot? Marijuana in Light of Scripture. podcast is a part of Back to the Bible Canada's young adult ministry in doubt. All of Back to the Bible Canada's ministry programs and resources are created for the purpose of leading people forward in their walk with Jesus every day. For more information on all things Back to the Bible Canada, visit backtothebible.ca.